Okay, um, hey brothers and sisters, uh, this is Eric. Thank you for joining me. So I have a little time now. I just sent my son to school. Now, originally I wanted to talk about something else. I wanted to talk about a thief in the night moment. And I want to talk about a new understanding that I have. But however, I've decided, I've changed my mind. And decided to talk about something else instead. And it is about the Antichrist. But I would not be talking about the identity of the Antichrist. Although I can easily present 12 to 15 solid scriptural reasons why I believe that the Bible tells us that Francis will be the Antichrist, while that is important, but I think it's even more important to look at when the Antichrist would be revealed and how it relates to the nearness of the rapture. Now, there is this popular catchphrase that is going on in the Watchmen community, and it goes something like, well, we're not, looking for Je- we're not looking for the Antichrist, but we're looking for Jesus Christ. Well, that is true, you know, in a morbid sort of way, because what they are saying when they say that it is not important to look for the Antichrist, but they look for Jesus Christ, what they are trying to say is that because the Antichrist will only be revealed at the supposed midpoint of the imaginary seven-year tribulation. So it does make sense, right? Because since we are gone even before the entire tribulation period begins, so why bother with what is going to happen three and a half years after we are gone? And I understand what they're saying. All right? So yes, Jesus, yes, the Antichrist would be revealed after the rapture. But it is not three and a half years after the rapture. But rather, the Antichrist will be revealed at the beginning of the tribulation period. And this is why it is important for us to pay attention to the identity of the Antichrist and especially the timing of the Antichrist as it relates to the nearness of the rapture. Now, if you don't understand that the entire tribulation period is only three and a half years and not seven years, then you will not understand the reason why and you will buy into the catchphrase. Okay? So, um, let me prove to you that the entire tribulation period is only three and a half years, okay? And then I will also touch on, you know, the, the word continue. Because in Revelation 13, it says, And power was given unto the beast to continue for 42 months. Okay? So let's look at this. So to, 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 to show you that the entire period of the tribulation period is only three and a half years, Okay? We look at a start point. We, we, at least we can agree that the son of perdition will rule for 42 months. At least we can agree also that he's only going to be revealed after the rapture. So that's good. I mean, that's a good start. But you see, he is going to end. When, when is this 42 reign going to end? It is going to end at the second coming. And 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8 proves it. He says, whom the Lord, okay, referring to the wicked one, and then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord will destroy with the breath of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. Who's coming? The Lord's coming. So we got the start point, we got the duration, which is 42 months, and we got the end point. So from start to finish, it is only 42 months. But what about the word continue? Now, continue according to them, you know, it's not about, continuing with the power he received in the first three and a half years. And then, well, at the midpoint, he will receive another 42 months. No. It is not continuing. It's not continuing for another 42 months. It is just 
to continue for 42 months. Which begs the question, continue from when? Well, it is to continue from the power he already has even before the rapture. And Revelation 14 tells us, and he will receive his, sorry, Revelation 13, tells us that he will receive his power from the dragon. Who is the dragon? The dragon is Satan. What is the primary role, or I think the only role of the devil? It is to deceive people. And the deception already took place in the Garden of Eden, right? The Bible tells us that he seeks to devour who he may be. The lion seeks to, the devil is like a prowling lion seeking uh, to steal, to kill, and to destroy, right? And so that is the main role of the devil. And this power of deceiving the world, right? The Bible tells us, right? And the devil deceives the whole world, right? And this power to deceive will be given to the man of sin near to the point of rapture. And then once the rapture happens, then he will actually um, continue. So the last leg of this power to deceive will be given to him. Okay, the good news is that it's only for a period of 42 months. Okay? And that is the meaning of continue. So do not be hung up. Do not continue to insist that continue means something that it does not say. Right? Now, and how do we know that the, how do we know that the son of perdition begins his reign at the beginning of the immediately after the rapture and not three and a half years after the rapture? Well, because that's what Second Thessalonians 2 says. But see, we have to properly define what the day of Christ is. Now, unless we can properly define what the day of Christ is we will not be able to see that the man of sin will be revealed as a son of perdition immediately after the rapture. So the point that I'm trying to make is that the Antichrist is going to be revealed immediately after the rapture and not three and a half years after the rapture. And this is the reason why it is important for us to look at who the Antichrist is, all right? So that we will know that Jesus Christ is coming in the air to snatch us up, all right? So 2 Thessalonians 2 tells us that for that day shall not come, referring to the day of Christ, unless there come a falling away first, comma, and the man of sin be revealed, comma, the son of perdition. Now to properly define what the day of Christ is, that proper definition can be achieved when we cross-reference the 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3 verse with the verse from Philippians chapter 1. And God says, explicitly told us that God will continue the good work that He began in us until the day of Christ. So in Philippians 1 7, it, may, it, it talks about the day of Christ. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, it also mentions the day of Christ. So it must mean the same thing. So to prove that the day of Christ is the day of the rapture, is to look at what other good work. Can God continue to do us, do in us, through us, at the point of rapture? What other good work? None. Whatever good work, whatever ministry that God had planned for your life, they had put in your life, whether it is um, a website ministry, whether it is a YouTube ministry, or whether it's a church ministry, you know, all that is going to end at the point of the rapture. 
Okay, so that is the definition of the day of Christ. Now, so now I want to go to the structure of Second Second Thessalonians chapter two verse three. It says, "For that day shall not come unless there come a falling away first, comma, and the man of sin be revealed, comma, the son of perdition." Now, to understand whether there are two events or only one event before the rapture is to look at the placement of the word first because the placement of the word first changes everything. Now, if there are two events that need to happen before the rapture, then the placement of the word first will come right at the end of the sentence. Correct? But you see, the placement of the word first does not come at the end of the sentence. The placement of the word first comes after the day of Christ. Which means that there is only one event that needs to take place and that is the falling away. For that day, okay, the day of the rapture or the day of Christ, as I've just proven to you by cross-referencing it to Philippians chapter 1, <coughs> that day shall not come unless there come a falling away first comma. So the thought is complete. The first event, the one and only event, <coughs> that has to take place before the rapture has already ha uh, happened. And then the man of sin be revealed who is the son of perdition. So from by breaking down the sentence structure, we can see that the revealing of the man of sin as being the son of perdition does not happen three and a half years after the tribulation. But it happens three and a half years, but it happens immediately after the rapture, right? Once the falling away takes place and the day of Christ has come, and the man of sin will be revealed. So the next event after the rapture, after we are raptured, after the body of Christ is raptured, is the revealing of the man of sin as being the son of perdition. And the devil does not want you to do that. The devil wants you to think that the devil, that, you know, um, his right-hand man, the son of perdition, will only be revealed three and a half years after the rapture. So he got the watchman to say, you know, well, you know, it's not important for us to look for the Antichrist. Like I said, you know, there is some morbid truth to it. There is no need to look for the Antichrist because since he's going to be revealed three and a half years after the rapture, after we are gone, so who cares what is going to happen? Who cares when he's revealed after we are gone? We just want to be gone. But not knowing that they are going to be here, he's going to be revealed immediately after the rapture. According to 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3. And this is important why we should be looking at who the Antichrist is. But even more importantly, when he's going to be revealed. So when we start seeing the man of sin making all the moves, right? Um, then we know that the rapture is very near. And this is why there's a falling away that has taken place now. Because the watchman community is so confused. And let me say this, that the mother of every lie... It's a seven-year tribulation. Okay? Now, I can get into the ten or different dangers of believing in a, you know, in the falsehood of seven-year tribulation, but let me just highlight the most important part. Now, people have asked me before, now, Eric, you know, why do you keep talking about the seven-year tribulation? Because it's not a salvation issue. Well, we are all saved by um, putting our faith in His finished work for the full forgiveness of our past, our present, and our future sins. And I agree, this is not a salvation issue for us, but it is a salvation issue for those who are going to be left behind. 
Because when you teach that the son of perdition is only going to be revealed three and a half years after the rapture, and you also teach that the mark of the beast is going to be revealed when the beast comes along. Because obviously they cannot have the mark of the beast unless the beast is here. And if the beast is only going to be revealed three and a half years after that, then you know, you're going to think that, well, in that case, it's safe for me to take the mark. Because I'm not even at the midpoint yet. I mean, that was what uh, my saved husband or my saved wife or my saved son told me before the rapture while we were having dinner. They're telling me that, you know, if you do not believe in Jesus Christ and His finished work, and if you get left behind, do not ever, ever take the mark of the beast when the Antichrist is revealed three and a half years after the rapture. And they will remember that. You know, and for those who do not have any loved ones in their family, and they have been exposed to some kind of videos, and it's easy to be, and I think it's a, there is a very, very high chance, there is a 99% chance that if, you, if they have watched any um, YouTube videos, okay, by any watchman or any pastors, okay, they will, they will know that they will definitely have been exposed to the seven-year tribulation lie. And, you know, and that's how they're going to be deceived. And they're going to take the mark, thinking that they are safe because it's not the midpoint yet. Not knowing there is no midpoint. So you see, it becomes a salvation issue for them. And of course, we know what happens, right? For the sake of those who may not know what I'm talking about. Anyone who takes the mark, you know, God has explicitly warned in Revelation 14 that whoever takes his mark or his image, right? You know, they are going to be cast into the lake of fire together with the son of perdition and the false prophet. So they'll be eternally damned. So, you know, you do not want to be directly or indirectly responsible, you know, for that eternal damnation. So for those of you who have uh, a YouTube channel, you know, I really want you to engage all those valid scriptures that are presented by me and as well as a few other watchmen. You know, that it is only a three and a half year tribulation period. Now, if you do not want to be objective, if you do not care for the love, if you do not care for the truth, you know, then you're not going to be accountable to me or any of the few watchmen, you know, who painstakingly do videos after videos, after community posts, after community posts. I mean, because at the end of the day, you'll be accountable to God. All right? Now, as for the other group, now, if you do not have a YouTube channel or any ministry, I really hope that in your left behind letter, assuming that the left behind letter is of any use, <laughs> I actually do not believe it's of any use because there'll be so much sudden destruction. They may be gone even before they get to hear the, you know, read your left behind letter. In fact, the left behind letter could be destroyed along with the person. All right? So, please do not ever say in a left behind letter that it's going to be a seven year tribulation. Okay? And also do not say that, oh, during the tribulation period, you, you can still be saved by putting your faith in the finished work of Christ. No. The blood no longer applies after the rapture. Now, people don't like it when I say that. But Romans 5.9 is absolutely clear. It says, much more than being now justified by His blood. Okay? We shall be saved from wrath through Him. It is crystal clear that Romans 5.9 is telling us where there is blood justification, there is no wrath. And vice versa, where there is wrath, there is no blood justification. And this is further supported by Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. It says, here's the patience of the saints. Now, if you're an unbeliever, would you be called a saint? 
So that is definitely a warning to believers during the tribulation period. I'm, I'm talking about uh, new believers who get left behind and then they become a believer. As a matter of fact, the entire book of Revelation is not written to us. Okay, but more of that in, in, in another video, all right? So, um, what, what, what was I saying? Oh yeah, do not say that, you know, number one, do not say that it's a seven-year tribulation period. Okay, do not say that you're saved by faith alone, all right? Because it will be under a different dispensation after the rapture. And the Bible is very clear on it. Not only in Revelation 14, 12, but the last verse of Revelation chapter 12. Okay, so this is an encouragement for those who already understand that it is a three and a half year tribulation period so that you will pay attention to the identity of the Antichrist because the identity of the Antichrist and knowing that he's going to be revealed immediately after the rapture and not three and a half years after the rapture is going to give you the confidence in the nearness of the rapture. You see, the one and only event that happened to happen before the rapture is the falling away. And in the context of First and Second Thessalonians, the falling away is falling away from the confidence in the nearness of the rapture. Now, if you read First and Second Thessalonians very carefully, you will see that that is certainly the context. It is about the rapture. Paul teaches about the rapture. And then in the next episode, he addresses the confusion. Because the confusion that happens in the... Okay, since we're talking about the falling away... You know, it says that um, do not um, do not be shaken in spirit as in and in mind, as if a letter was from us. That the that the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, how can it be the day? Of, okay, the the meaning of at hand. Okay, the meaning of at hand is that it is near, but it's not here yet. It's very near, but it's not here yet. At hand does not mean that it's already here. Okay? So therefore, that was why they were shaken in spirit and in mind. Because there was this supposed letter from Paul that says that it is very near. So they're waiting, they were waiting, and they were waiting, and they were waiting. But the rapture never came. They were fully expecting it to come, but it didn't come. So that's why they were shaken in spirit and in mind. Now, the same falling away that the church of Thessalonica experienced is the same kind of uh, disappointment that we feel. Are we not shaken in spirit and in mind after one high wash that has come and gone? Right? And every of the high wash that has come and gone is based on the seven-year tribulation. Is it not true? Is the seven-year tribulation line not the um, mother of every eschatological deception? Is the seven-year tribulation line not the mother of every eschatological mess? It is messy, it is deceptive because it is not the truth. That is why we have to know the truth and the truth will, shall make us free. Alright, and I hope you guys understand the truth today.